0: it's episode 846 of the Roadman Cycling Podcast. Let's do a little WeltA catch-up. Let's cue that intro. Welcome to the Roadman Cycling Podcast. My name is Anthony Walsh. Six days a week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you on your journey towards health, happiness and longevity. Now let's get into the show. A few years ago I saw a huge gap in the market for an app that was like a cycling coach but in your pocket. I knew that AI was ultimately going to be the best coach in the world, and I spent about two years of my life trying to make this app happen. Unfortunately for me, it didn't happen. But ever since then, I've kept a really close eye on this space to see if anyone else could succeed where I failed. The Breakaway app caught my attention a couple of months ago because Christian Vandervelde, yep, the Christian Vandervelde who came forth in the Tour de France, is one of the co-founders. And it seems that the Breakaway have created the ultimate cycling training companion, and they're bringing low-cost coaching to the masses. You'll know from listening to the podcast that my pet peeve is when cyclists head out the door with no plan, no goal, and just roll around without an objective. Don't be that guy! The Breakaway app looks at all your historic training data, and it builds a plan around your strengths and weaknesses, so you're always going to have the perfect session. They also have integrations which I'm really excited about. Whoop and Aura Ring. The reason I've previously ditched my wearables is because the data just wasn't informing my training. No longer the case. Head on over to roadmantrial.com and you can download their app for free. That's roadmantrial.com and download the app for free. The link to this is in today's show notes road man i hope everybody had an amazing weekend i'm still dealing a little bit with these odd heart rates and this viral infection so i've taken an early off season and i'm just chilling out riding the bike a little bit super super easy and gymming it up and it's actually really enjoyable it's a mental reset as much as a physical reset so I hope you had a nice weekend of riding I want to jump in have a short look back on stage eight and stage nine I'm enjoying these little Monday Vuelta I wouldn't call them a deep dive they're certainly not that but just a little bit of a catch up on my thoughts on stage eight and stage nine Today is obviously a rest day, but we've had drama abound over the past two days. So let's start off on stage eight. Stage eight started without teaming Aronsman from Ineos and friend of the show, Jay Vine. So speedy recovery to both them. Aronsman crash, Aronsman's crash crash looked particularly nasty. I, I think it was Caden Grove's lead out man, Jimmy Jensen's. And Jimmy Jensen's is a man I know only too well myself and a former Aqua Blue teammate, one of my good friends, Sean McKenna, were in a break one year in the Ross. It was a three-up or four-up maybe into Galway. And one of the other riders that we had the pleasure of that day was a young Jimmy Jensen's. And I tell you, he inflicted so much pain on me that day. It was untold. We went super close. I only got caught in the last I would say two three kilometers that way but we would have been caught like 40k earlier without Jimmy Jensen's he's unbelievably strong but he seemed to touch the wheel of Caden Groves on front of him and went down and team and went down heavy and we got those images which I'm always conflicted about seeing you know you have that morbid curiosity you're like what happened go back and show us but when it's bad you don't want to see it I'm always conscious ...that that's somebody's son, that's somebody's boyfriend, that's somebody's brother on the ground... ...and they don't have any news of his condition and that speculation must be really hard to hear. It looked really, really bad. Thankfully, he came onto his Instagram and he assured everyone it's it's bad, but it's not really, really bad. He has some broken teeth, no broken bones, he has a concussion and a bunch of cuts. Jay Vine also out of the race, unfortunately. He had a nasty crash also, which required multiple stitches... And he's out of the race. But stage eight was all about Sep or as Twitter have dubbed him, GC Cuss. <laughs> Not sure where that came from, but GC Cuss is a funny account to follow on Twitter. He went into stage eight, eight seconds down on Martinez from Francis de Jure. And a brutal 15-minute climb, 5 kilometers from the end, with pitches up to 22%. Martinez was going to have his work really cut out to hold on to the jersey on those type of gradients, which are the home of SEPCUS. As expected, when the gradient pitched up, the cream rose to the top, and the main protagonists, the main characters in this year's Vuelta a España came to the fore. Remco set what was an absolutely incredible tempo, 7.1 watts per kilogram for 14 minutes. Take out your calculator and work that out based on your weight. 7.1 watts for 14 minutes is eye-watering. It's a power most people can't hold for a minute. And the only riders who could follow were the cream of the crop. They were Einrich Maas, Landa, Roglic, Jonas and Sepp Kuss. Sepp was there and we were all cheering him on. And bizarrely, so it went up this climb, 14 minute or so effort, and then with a small downhill, and then basically like 800 meters flat into the finish. And I was watching Remco's bizarre tactics, because he rolled tempo all the way up the climb, and then he rolled all the way down the climb. So I can understand up the climb, you're trying to neutralize attacks, distance rivals, down the climb, you know, I can semi-understand it to keep safe. But then when it hits 800 to go, surely you're thinking, let's get the stage win, It seemed like he was leading Roglic out. Roglic was nestled in wheel two, just sat there, sat there, sat there until 150 meters to go. And then Roglic duly obliged and came around Remco for the win. Now, after the stage, it emerged that Remco said he didn't realize they were sprinting for the win. He said the noise of the crowds was like a cauldron and it blocked out communications from his team radio. And he couldn't hear anything through his earpiece. And I actually believe him because he looked confused when Roglic celebrated coming across the line. The footage of Sepco celebrating with Swan Yours is <laughs> brilliant. And uh, everyone's just so delighted for Sepcus. He must be one of the most popular people in the Peloton. And it's gonna be hard to wrestle that jersey back off him now. We will get onto that in a second. The second stage I want to look back on was stage 9, 184.5 kilometers from Cartagena to Cervaca de la Cruz, with a cat two climb at the finish. Now we had crosswinds right from the start. It was actually funny because at one point, almost the entire Jumbo Visma team and Remco Evan Nepal were in this like select echelon breakaway. Now, the nature of the day was we've seen these echelons going and coming back and that one ultimately came back, but it was racing on all day. I would have absolutely hated to be in the bunch. Being in the bunch on a crosswind day, it's so stressful. You have to fight for every single inch of shelter and you can't switch off. Like if you're not moving up, you're moving back large parts of the day we had multiple echelons on straight open roads so you have a front echelon then you have a second echelon and then when you get a little bit of a calming they come together so now the people in the second echelon want to make sure they're not in the second echelon the next time so the frantic rush to the front is even more magnified once an echelon goes and there is separation and it's more of a select group, then there is some order to it. Then it chills a little bit. If you're riding through in the echelon, that's the only way you're going to get a little bit of shelter. So you need to contribute to that pace line in the echelon. And it seems counterintuitive because you're like, I'm hanging on for dear life. How can I ride through? But the moment you skip a torn, you're out of the shelter because the only bit of shelter you get is when you're coming up to do your turn. And then you'll only be let back in if you're riding. So the moment you decide to skip a turn and sit on the back to, quote unquote, save some energy, that's when you expend all your energy because you don't get back into the shelter. And ultimately, you're going to just get dropped then. It was really good to watch. And it's, uh, it's something that young kids should be learning, but you learn by watching. So that's a good stage to rewind and watch. We hit the Cat 2 climb, which was to define the day, with about six kilometers to go. It was a typical steep Spanish climb with pitches up to 17%. Movie star committed from the base because Einerk Maas is climbing super well at the moment. Ayuso and Vlasov were the first to ignite the touch paper and they attacked. Now, they're a little bit further back on GC to the main protagonist. So, they were granted a limited bit of rope. But then Remco responded setting this metronomic pace that he's starting to do to deter attacks. He rides so hard above that 7 watts per kilo. And it's like everyone's pinned in his wheel. And his hope is that by setting that tempo, he's neutralizing attacks and making up for his lack of teammates. Well, it worked sort of except Roglic came over the top and he claimed some valuable seconds to the GC racing line which was brought back from the finish line to 2.2 kilometers to go because it was a dangerous descent so the GC was neutralized at that point so Roglic grabbed a handful of seconds there up the road we had Lenny Kemna from Bora Hansgrove he grabbed the stage win to complete the set he now has the Giro, the Tour and Vuelta stage wins Time trial, it's next up tomorrow. The interesting bit with this is Sepkos is north of two minutes up on the main GC protagonists at the moment. Can Remco start eating into Sepkos's lead? Because he hasn't been able to distance him in the crosswinds and he hasn't been able to distance him going uphill. I anticipate that Jumbo Visma, they're not going to set up to ride for Sepkos right now. But this three-pronged attack gives Remco a lot of headaches. Stay tuned tomorrow, ride safe, and I'll be back again tomorrow with another Roadman Podcast.